It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday hump day edition of the Sports Soccer here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Should be a fun show today. I don't think we'll, we'll spend 15 minutes talking politics like we did yesterday, although no promises. Uh, Mitch McConnell easily defeating Allison Lundergrim Grimes. Oh, excuse me. That's a <clears throat> off to a hot start on the show today. Um, we won't spend a ton of time talking about that, but was interesting to see that it wasn't as close as maybe it was made out to be. Grimes winning Louisville and Lexington and uh, some some surrounding counties to the east, but Mitch McConnell wins with 56, over 56% of the vote. I rarely, rarely talk politics on social media. On Twitter, I won't do it at all. Just a waste of time. On Facebook, with a more personal audience, I didn't make a Facebook status today that I thought was interesting. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't really care for the Senate race much to much to begin with, but it was interesting in their speeches last night. Grimes didn't mention Mitch McConnell, only spoke for a minute and a half. McConnell, obviously, it's, it's you know no surprise he's going to have a much longer speech. He won. It's a victory speech. Uh, but it took him uh, under two minutes to mention Grimes and spoke about her for you know 30 seconds, over 30 seconds, and complimented her on w- what a great job she did and how much respect he has for her. And it's just interesting. It's just a reminder to always be gracious in winning and losing and Grimes is young she's new to all this and I'm sure she'll learn and, and maybe eventually regret her concession speech but just interesting off the bat anyways Yates how are you doing well TJ how are you Can doing you hear all me? right yeah I got gotcha. you I hear okay. you Doing all right. Don't don't think I didn't forget that it's S Yates Wednesday. <laughs> I I can't imagine you forget after you'll forget after I called you out on it last week. No, I won't. I, I can see how much it bothered you. I don't want to make you upset. And I want to do whatever whatever I can to to get this show the most exciting that it can be. And obviously that's S Yates Wednesdays. Also, it's um it makes you happy. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later in the show today. we got plenty to talk about. Going to talk a little more Tom Crean as if the first two days wasn't enough. We'll talk about him some more today. Uh, we're going to talk Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football. They take on Georgia. We talked a little bit about Louisville and Boston College yesterday. Uh, we're going to talk a little more college basketball overall today. And, of course, we'll get in SCH Wednesdays. And there's some... Interesting side topics that we'll need to we'll need to get to. Oh, so where to jump in? I guess first, uh, on a sad note, it is official that Marcus Lattimore, the 49ers running back, 
uh, will retire. He was the uh, running back for South Carolina, had some good games against Kentucky. Really good running back, but had that gruesome leg injury. Has had some setbacks since then, so he's going to hang it up. That's unfortunate. And it, you know, as I've always said on this show, I am an NCAA supporter. I do think the system that they have in place now is the best system. You know, could they make it better? Sure. But overall, their blueprint is accurate. But you do wish a guy like Marcus Lattimore, and he did sign with the 49ers, and, you know, he'll be getting a nice paycheck there. And NFLPA, I'm sure, will, you know, I, I don't know all the details about retirement and retiring due to injury, what he'll get from that. But I'm, I'm sure he <clears throat> will be okay. Uh, won't be as well off as if he had a nice 10-year career in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But it is situations like that where you, you, you wish there was something that could have been done in the NCAA to, uh, you know, he was a great player, sold a bunch of jerseys, replica jerseys in South Carolina, sold a lot of autographs or, you know, signed a lot of autographs that other people I'm sure sold and he saw no money off of. So you, you wish that there was something in place maybe that he could benefit a little more off of to help him down the road. Cause he was a great running back, just a, a bad, you know, bad break. Literally. And, you know, he'll have a career somewhere in, in football if he wants it, whether it's coaching or, you know, analysis somewhere, he'll, he'll be able to have a career, but a great, great player. And uh, it's really sad to see that his career has come to a close. Had some good games against Kentucky. I do think he was on that Kentucky team in 2010, or he was on that South Carolina team that lost to Kentucky. So, Wish the best for him moving forward. Uh, this was uh, Yates while we're uh, switching gears back to social media and Facebook. While we're back on the subject, I, I I got in some sort of Facebook status post mode today that I rarely get into, but I posted earlier today. And I don't know what made me want to do it, but I posted that as of today, I think Demarcus Cousins is better than Anthony Davis. Thoughts? Um, without being a big NBA guy, I would say you're probably a little crazy, Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I guess you, I I could see where, uh, Anthony Davis is maybe just a little more raw at this point. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched enough of them to to say definitively that you're crazy or not. But, I mean, I think there's no question who the better player will eventually be. Oh, and I don't, I don't disagree with that. You know, it, it's uh, without a doubt, Anthony Davis will be the better player. And, you know, he, he already, according to most people, I know I'm in the minority here, according to most people, he already is the better player. And Anthony Davis could end up being the best player in the NBA in just a few years when, when LeBron starts to decline. And, you know, you could make a case for Anthony Davis over Kevin Durant. Uh, their numbers this year, Anthony Davis has the better numbers. He's averaging 23.8 points, where DeMarcus Cousins is 22 and a half. Again, you know, there's only been four games played, so those are as close, really, as could be. Rebounds, DeMarcus Cousins 
10 and a half rebounds per game. Anthony Davis, uh, a little bit better at just over 13 rebounds a game. So three more, that's, you know, that's, it's relatively significant. And then blocks per game, DeMarcus Cousins, one and a half. Anthony Davis, four. Of course, Anthony Davis had that nine-block game, uh, which was just crazy. Since then, he hasn't had more than three in a game. Um, so numbers might be a little inflated there, but you got to give him credit for being able to have that. My whole point was, was if there was a game right now and I had to pick one player to kind of be my, you know, Anthony Davis, more of a power forward, DeMarcus Cousins, more of a center. But if I had to pick one of the two front court players, I'm going with DeMarcus Cousins. Just the more physical player, much better offensively, better in the post, better scorer. And, you know, I know Anthony Davis has better rebounding numbers right now, but I still think as of today, DeMarcus Cousins is a better rebounder when push comes to shove. I like his aggressiveness, uh, so I don't know what got me to thinking about this or what made me want to start talking about it, but um, Anthony Davis will be better, and I just kind of wanted to get it in while I still could before Anthony Davis is clearly head and shoulders better. I think Anthony Davis right now, he's it, his jump shot is much better than it was in college, never that it, it was never bad in college, but you know, for him to hit an 18-footer is nothing, where in college, you know, it was... Not completely unexpected, but nice when he was able to do it, if you're a Kentucky fan. Um, but he's not as polished on the block, as certainly as DeMarcus Cousins, or as he will be down the road. Trevor texts into the show and says, you're not crazy, but you're wrong. I, I I really you know I really truly and, and again I get every I get every side of it but I'm just saying if you if they matched up together tonight and, and maybe you know I don't know when they do play against each other it's going to be a fun game to watch but it when they match up against each other I'm still taking Demarcus Cousins in that matchup I am and I know Anthony Davis has a lot more on the defensive end than Demarcus Cousins but on the flip side I think Demarcus Cousins is the better offensive player so. Fun little debate. If you have a, a voice in that discussion, make sure you you let me hear it. Whether it's on Twitter at T Walker Rivals, texting in the show, whatever it may be. Uh, we have a text from the uh, the G chat from Stove saying, "I shouldn't have read the stats. I just proved that AD was better." That's a four game sample size for this year, and you know you could. <clears throat> You can you can look at who the teams have who they've both played, and I and I do think that matters. You know, it, Anthony Davis has gone against Orlando Magic, terrible. Charlotte Hornets or whatever their mascot is now, horrible. Dallas at home in a very high scoring game, not a lot of defense there. That's going to be good for numbers. Anthony Davis shot sixteen free throws then. And then at Memphis, you know, Memphis, uh, a playoff team. So you, you take that, but that was his worst game, 14 points, eight rebounds. Where DeMarcus Cousins has played, you know, look at the teams he's played. Denver, not a bad team. You know, not, not a powerhouse, but not a bad team. At the Clippers, you know, it might be the best team in the West. Portland, maybe the best team in the West. Golden State, maybe the best team in the West. So that's who DeMarcus Cousins has put up these numbers against. So that's why I disagree with you, Stove. I do appreciate your input. 
but it's clearly it's clear that DeMarcus Cousins has gone against, gone against much better competition this season. And you can't always play the numbers game. You can't always do that, but if you want to, then you can just be proved wrong like you could. DeMarcus Cousins is just nastier than Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis ever had that edge, then watch out. But he, but he doesn't. Not that he's soft by any means, but he doesn't really have that killer instinct, I think, that that DeMarcus Cousins has. So let me know what you think. Anyways, uh, there, there's been a lot of... Let, let's, let's get to Tom Crean here before we get to the first segment, and then we'll just we'll, we'll stop talking about IU for, you know, until another player gets in trouble or whatever happens next, but... He talked to the media today for 45 minutes in a, a very strange setting. You know, I've never covered a game at IU, and I've obviously never covered a practice or a press conference. But the way they have their press conferences set up, maybe they just did this for a one-time thing because they knew that Tom Crean was going to speak for a long time. But they had it in a classroom with desk. I mean, it, it looked like a classroom from the 70s. But they had desk, and it was just a really strange setup. I, I don't really know why they just wouldn't have it somewhere normal. But uh, he talked for 45 minutes, and I've been tough on Tom Crean the last few days. I think he should get fired. I think he will get fired. I feel very confident about the fact that he will get fired after this season. Uh, but credit to him today for the most part. I thought he did a good job. He, he, he took some responsibility, and, and that's what you needed to see him do. You needed to see him to be a. You needed to see him admit that some of this falls on him, because it, you know whether, no matter which, if you're a Tom Crean fan, if you're not a Tom Crean fan, some of this falls on him, and the majority of it. He's the head guy. You know he's got to be held accountable for what his players do, and, and the. Like I've mentioned, the consequences, the punishments that come after it. And he hasn't been doing nearly a good enough job. And I've talked all about that. But he, he did he did okay today. Good enough. He obviously came off as bothered as he should be by these incidents. But again, you can talk all you want. You can say all these things. You got to start proving it. You got to, you can say that, you know, this isn't what IU basketball is about. We're better than this. Some of the responsibility falls on me. Well, start to show it. And I, and, and if this isn't a wake up call for the players that they need to stop being idiots, then they should be kicked out of IU immediately and, and, hopefully not picked up by another college basketball program. So we'll have to, we'll have to see what comes of it again. I still think that he's going to be gone after this year. And you're going to get a nice big coaching search, but um, he, he, I wouldn't say he necessarily won the press conference, but did a good enough job. And now, now we'll see what comes from IU basketball over the next next few months, next few weeks. Uh, the season starting, 
you know, a lot of comparisons were made between Tom Crean and Kelvin Sampson. And of course, Sampson was fired from IU after bringing more success to IU than any other coach. You know, I guess Mike Davis went to the national title game, but, you know, that's pretty much all he did at IU. Kelvin Sampson, in his short time at IU, uh, was a great success. 22 and 4 before he was fired in 2007 2008. He's 21 and 11 his first year at IU, replacing Mike Davis. So he was fired because he was cheating with the NCAA, breaking NCAA rules, um, blatantly cheating. And IU fired him right away. So the question is, and he was winning. Is what Tom Crean is where the program's at right now? Is that worse than what Kelvin Sampson was doing? Tom Crean's not cheating. You know, with how IU basketball has been, maybe he should, but he's not. But you're having your program basically fall apart. Five players get in trouble, a six in a car accident, and he also was drinking, but not cited. Then you have two more players suspended for drug, failing a drug test. The list continues to grow and grow. Yates, why is what Tom Crean's doing not worse than what Kelvin Sampson did? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's a good question, I guess. You know, I, I don't, you know, if you have a coach that is blatantly cheating and breaking the rules and knows it and gets caught red-handed like Kelvin Sampson did, then, you know, it's clear why you cut him loose. Winning or losing, you can't have that. And, you know, a lot of people said credit to you for making the, 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 the quick move. Having everything happen as fast as they did. Not tolerating that. But why are they tolerating this? And it gets to a point where you got to start to question Indiana Athletic Director Fred Glass and his relationship with Tom Crean. And is it fogging up his judgment? Again, by all accounts, like I've said, all every day, this every show this week, by all accounts, Tom Crean's a great guy off the floor, great family man, and you know does the right thing off the court. On the court, you know, I could make some cases that uh, he doesn't always do the right thing, um, but also maybe not running the program the right way. And he's not winning. You think maybe it'd be easier. So I think it comes down to maybe the athletic director is just a little bit blinded and, and, you know, maybe to an extent his job will be on the line here. You know, Tom Crean is no stranger to Indiana basketball now. He's been there for a while. They've put a lot of eggs in this Tom Crean basket, and everybody knows how this is going to end. And I promise you it's not going to end with Tom Crean making the NCAA tournament and, and making a surprise Cinderella run, because that's what it would be. It's not going to end like that. It's going to end with IU likely missing the tournament. Best-case scenario, sneaking in as a 11 seed, losing first round. And it's going to end with Tom Crean not being the right guy at Indiana. I think that's been clear for a while now. 
Yeah, nice run in, in 2012, a number one seed, but then just get exposed and humiliated by Syracuse. And besides that, you know, they kind of lucked into the Sweet 16 in 2012 and get 100 and over 100 points hung on them by UK. And then don't even talk about the years before then. So I think we know how this is going to end. And I don't, I, you know, I'd love for somebody to point out the differences between Kelvin Sampson and Tom Crean. Uh, and Stove's weighing in yet again on the G chat. He says what Sampson did was his fault. Crean's doing is the kid's fault. And, and that was kind of my point. Sampson was caught red-handed. But how many times do your kids have to make mistakes before it, it falls on, you know, if you're a parent. And like, a, you know, I, I had a, a silly analogy yesterday. But if you're a parent and your kids keep doing dumb things, at what point are you a dumb parent? At what point is your parenting terrible? And there's a reason why your kids are jerks. You know, I'm not calling Indiana's basketball players jerks. They're making mistakes. Mistakes happen. College kids make mistakes. But if it continues to happen, like I've said, you're not fixing it. You're part of the problem at that point. And there's no doubt about it. That, that again, Tom Crean's part of the problem. Did fine job today. I, I, you know, I'm ready to turn the corner and see what he does this year. But if another player gets in trouble, he should be fired immediately. And if they don't win this year, if you're an Indiana fan, I don't know how you can keep up with it. So we're going to head to our first commercial break. We're going to come back, talk a little more college basketball, get away from the Hoosier State, and head back uh, to the Commonwealth. And there's plenty to talk about there. So stick around here on 1450 Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here. Second segment, a gloomy Ask Yates Wednesday. But uh, if you guys have questions for Yates, the mysterious man behind the board, get them into me. We'll ask him later on in the last segment. Uh, Brun DMC is sending in link after link for things that we need to talk about. Um, He tweets in that Tom Crean looks like Dwight Schrute. That's true. We've talked about our, my love for the office on this radio program before. Uh, He looks a lot like him. He run DMC also tweeted a link and I appreciate the tweets. Keep them coming. Uh, The 2015 Bob well, excuse me. Sorry, unplugging the microphone there. Um, we're back now. So, the list for hold on. I want to get to this one first. Yeah, we'll get to this one first. Uh, the all defensive team came out, and I, I guess this is via CBS, and it's got a little UK and and. Louisville flavor to it. Chris Jones listed on the all-defensive team. Along with Bronte Weber of VCU. 
and he was preseason defensive player of the year. I wonder if it's just automatic where a VCU player is going to make pre preseason defensive teams of the year. Takel Takel Cotton of Wichita State, Chris Jones, Chris Opekpa, the forward from St. John's. And then Willie Cauley-Stein rounds out the team for Kentucky. Uh, I really don't have a ton of problem with any of these guys. St. John's forward is the, probably the best shot blocker in the country. Willie Cauley-Stein is as versatile of a big guy as you know I've ever seen. To go Cotton, you know, uh, I, sure, that would probably be one of my problems. Um, Chris Jones, though, I, I'm a little surprised about. A little bit. You know, I, I think he's a good defender and he's really quick and can stay in front of guys. But I always thought he was a significantly worse defender than Russ Smith. Am I crazy in thinking that, Yates? Um, I don't know if I would say significantly worse, but, I mean, Russ was one of the best defensive guards in the country. So, I mean, he's he. I don't think he was, you could say that he's better than Russ, but I don't know if I'd say he was significantly worse. I I don't I I don't know. Stove weighs into the G chat said that he being a Louisville fan still wouldn't put him on there. Run DMC reminds me of the list uh freshmen were not considered and NBA potential wasn't considered. Oh, so that makes it maybe a little more reasonable why Chris Jones was there. Some of the honorable mentions, you know, uh, Brimbaugh from UConn. He's that seven-footer that is just, I mean, has the it has to have at least a 12-foot wingspan. Jordan Mickey from LSU. They're on the second team. Brandon Dawson from Michigan State on the third team. I'm just kind of popping out names that, that jump out. Hollis Jefferson from Arizona. Shaq Goodwin from Memphis on the fourth team. A little surprised that Alex Poitras wouldn't make honorable mention somewhere. Not because, you know, he's a lockdown defender by any means, but he's really versatile and he does a good job. It's it's tough to penetrate or drive on him. You know, he doesn't have the length where he, you know, can make up a lot of ground if he if he gets beat, but he, he rarely he re- rarely gets beat. And he can guard three different positions. So, you know, I'm not saying he should have been first or second team, but I would have thought he would have made the list. And I, and I do think Chris Jones may be a little high on the first team. But interesting. Uh, you know, I, I Willie Colley sign. Glad to see him there despite missing some key tournament games. He can guard. I, I genuinely believe that he could guard any position. He told me on media day he feels much more comfortable guarding a point guard than he does Does a big guy, which is kind of funny to hear a seven-foot center say. And the next list, Bob Cossey Award watch list with a ton of players. I mean, there are a bunch, but Kentucky with two players on the list. That's... Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened before. I would imagine that it has. A Duke has two this year, so obviously it's happened before. Quinn Cook and Tyus Jones. I'm okay with that. Quinn Cook, I'm, I, I think, is underrated. Doesn't really get the love that he should deserve. 
And then Tyus Jones is obviously good, so I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Yogi Farrell makes the list. Terry Rogier makes the list for Louisville. A lot of good guards reading across this list. Uh, but Andrew Harrison and Tyler Eulis make it as well. I, I think it's going to be tough for Tyler Tyler Eulis to sniff this award. Just don't know, you know, playing time wise, and also I don't think he's going to put up unbelievable numbers. Andrew Harrison, uh, you know, uh, I think if he plays like postseason Andrew Harrison, he will be considered. And then Terry Rozier, I think, is going to have a, a solid chance. And I'm having people weigh in on every different network that I didn't properly pronounce Bob Cousy. I imagine I probably said Bob Cossie. Apologies, guys. I could blame it on me doing a radio show and just slipping it's slipping my mind did a 40 minute long podcast before this so I've been talking a lot but you know whatever stuff like that happens anyways the point still stands uh, I, I think there's a lot of guards a, a lot of you know I'm not as high on Yogi Ferrell as others are but I think Andrew Harrison Terry Rogier, those were two guys that could have a legitimate chance to win the Bob Cousy Award and uh, Marcus Page at UNC, I would probably say, is the favorite, in my opinion. So it, the, it's always fun to have these preseason lists and awards and this and that. Um, but one guy that's getting a lot of love, and I don't necessarily understand why. I, I think he was even on some first-team All-American teams, maybe even first-team AP, I'm pretty sure. Fred Van Fleet from Wichita State. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, he and, and he was on there. I'm not sure I agree with that or understand it. He averaged 11 points, five assists per game last year. That's not, you know, that's not unbelievable. Marcus Page, and to round out, Marcus Page is on that team. Uh, Jaleel Okafor, the freshman from Duke, Frank Kaminsky, Fred Van Fleet. But, you know, Fred Van Fleet did this against terrible competition. They hadn't, you know, they, they played an awful schedule last year. People forget that. You know, their, their best win heading into the tournament was Tennessee. And, and Tennessee was a near Elite Eight team. After that, I don't, you know, I don't know who their best team win would be. St. Louis, maybe, who made the second round of the tournament. And against Kentucky, Fred Van Fleet was not very good. Four points, six assists. Four rebounds. So, you know, against good competition, 
He wasn't great, even against Tennessee, only at eight points. Five assists. You know, not everything revolves around scoring. For example, Andrew Harrison last year averaged 11 points, four assists. So uh, just fewer, fewer points, narrowly. An assist less per average. And, uh, and you know, both he ever for Evan Fleet averaged 3.9 rebounds, Andrew Harrison 3.2. And Andrew Harrison did that against a lot better competition. Ends up your SEC jokes, but he did it against much better competition. So I'm kind of sad. I don't know what the love is there. You know, he's an experienced player. He was on an undefeated team last year. I'm not, I'm not sure if I understand that. No, but have you had, as you have it, we'll see. I haven't had a chance to look at Wichita State's schedule this season, but, you know, they're not going to be as good as they were last year because they're not going to have my boy, Clee Anthony, early. But if they're playing a schedule anything like last year, they're gonna they're gonna have an unbelievable record. I'm working to pull that up right now. I think they are playing in a preseason tournament that should be better than what they normally play in. They're number eleven to start the year. They're gonna play Memphis early on. And that might be part of that preseason tournament. Although I still can't find for sure if they're going to play in a preseason tournament. Uh, besides that, no, not really. They're going to play Utah, which is a top 25 team, but I couldn't name a player for Utah. And they'll play Alabama again. That's turning into quite some rivalry game. Uh, besides that, doesn't look like they will play a much better schedule, although I, I still am working to find what preseason tournament they're going to be in. Maybe have to do that during the break. But you're always going to have these surprise teams in college basketball during the year. My sleeper pick is Gonzaga. They're ranked 13th. They're behind Wichita State. That would be one team I, I would look out for. As I mentioned, we had recorded a podcast with CatsIllustrated.com today, uh, just before coming on the radio. Talked a lot about UK's game against Pikeville. And, you know, they're... they're I, there's plenty of like there, I, but honestly, the more I think about it, and we talked about this on Monday, the more that you know, I, I, I look at the stats and rewatch parts of the game. I haven't watched the whole thing over again, but I've watched part of the first half when they were platooning. There's a lot to dislike in that game. You know, you have a guy go for 28 points, and at no point in the game does do you see a UK guy stand up and go, all right, we're, we're playing Pikeville, and they have a guy that is, is dropping nearly 30 on us. I'm going to try to shut him down. UK was really lazy closing out on shots. Gave up nine threes to Pikeville. Perimeter defense was an issue last season. Is it going to be an issue again? We'll have to see. Luckily, just an ex exhibition game, but I, I think it's tough in that platoon system to get comfortable defensively. And certainly, if you're trying to lock down a player, now, you know, I think in big games, 
Calipari, like I've said all along, he's going to go away from this platoon system. But even if he was trying to be cute and do the platoon system, I think in big games, he's still going to, if a guy is doing well defensively, if a guy like Alex Poitras is doing well defensively, they're going to keep him in the game. But I'm curious to see who's, who's going to be UK's defensive leader around the perimeter. Obviously, you're set inside with Willie Cauley-Stein and Marcus Lee and Carl Anthony Towns can block shots and has a, a high basketball IQ. But around the perimeter, they've, they've got to be better than they were last year. And it's a very, very small sample size against Pikeville. But so far, it's not improved. We're going to head to our last commercial break. We're going to ask Yates Wednesdays. If you got any questions, send them in. And we'll talk a little football. Who knows? Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You know that you are. Back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here on 1450, the Sports Buzz. A lot of college basketball talk today. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more football later in the week. Cats take on Georgia tomorrow. Don't I? Not really sure what to expect in that game. I do think Kentucky's going to look a lot better. I think we're at the point of the season where it's safe to say Kentucky's just a much better home team, just a completely different team on the road. You know, they they look terrible against LSU, awful as could be. Come back against Mississippi State, the number one team in the country, give them everything that they can handle. Go back on the road to Missouri and, and have one of the worst offensive halves I've ever seen and overall just... 60 minutes of laying an egg. So we'll, we'll get a better, you know, if they look good against Georgia, then it's safe to say that they're just a different team at home. If they look bad against Georgia, it's just safe to say that they're not a, a very good team. So, you know, we'll talk more about that tomorrow and Friday and later in the week. We'll get my PT. Picks of the week. We're having a good year. 26-17 on the year. So hopefully reach 30 this week. I see no reason why not. But most importantly, it's Ask Yates Wednesdays. Yates, I'm a little disappointed you don't have any music synced up for when we do this segment. What kind of music would you prefer? It's, it's Ask Yates Wednesday. I'm asking you what music you would play for your segment. That's a good question. I'd have to think about it. Is that one of the questions, or do I need to answer that now? Or That's not or one that of the just questions. Rhetorical? I'm just saying, next Wednesday, why don't you have some background music playing when we're asking you your questions? All right, I'll, I'll see what I can come up with. Okay. Uh, you ready for this, this week's edition? Yeah, let's, let's have it. We've got some good ones. Uh, I'm going to bump, you know, usually I like to keep it to three. We'll see if we get, I, I might bump one so I can ask my own question, but... Um, We'll see. Brun DMC asks, Kobe has missed 
20 more shots than his teammates have even taken. Is it time for Kobe to hang it up and why? <laughs> um, I'll say no because the Lakers would just be not even a good college team if there was no Kobe Bryant. I mean, just imagine how the Lakers are abysmal. Just imagine how terribly awful they would be if Kobe Bryant didn't play for them. Yeah, you know. That's true, but is is Kobe Bryant hurting them? I mean, I, is he part of the reason they're so terrible? Probably. Not. I mean, think about what they have on that roster. They, I mean, there's nobody, so I he can't be hurting them more than they would be hurt without him. I mean, you know he, who's on not, that roster? If he's not taking you know, the shots, who's going to? You know who's on that roster that I forgot. Who's Xavier that? Henry, the freshman that played at Kansas in 2009, 2010, and picked Kansas over Kentucky, uh, just a pure shooting lefty, would have gone to Kentucky. UK would have won the 2010 national championship. Went to Kansas and now is not having a a great NBA career to say the least. He's already bounced around a few teams. He's on the Lakers. Didn't know that. Anyways, uh, who else is scoring for them? Kobe's averaging over 27 points a game. After that, you've got four players averaging over 10 points a game. You know, I, I'd assume that those four players would would all average a little bit more to make up for the lack of production from Kobe. But you know, he's taking so many more shots, and it's it's not necessarily a you know he's not hitting those shots either. So I don't know. So you uh, do you think that he if if you're Kobe would you I'm kind of piggybacking off Brun DMC's question. If you're Kobe would you leave? Would you go somewhere else and just try to be on a contender cuz the Lakers aren't going to be good for a few years now. I I mean No, probably not. I mean if if I'm Kobe, I probably have it in my head that I can make them Good. I think that's the type of attitude he has. You almost feel like you're sort of giving up a little bit if you make a move and to another team. I agree with that, but at some point it's either at some point it's either you're you want to change the. I mean, you just got to admit that he's not gonna be able to do it by himself. Even if Kobe was at his best, I don't know if he could make this Lakers team. I mean, at at best a seven or eight seed, but the West is so loaded. Even at his best, I mean, like you said, there's no, there's not much talent there. At some point, he might just need to admit that if I want to win again, it's going to be somewhere else, or he can go down on a sinking ship. There's some honor in that. We'll see. Good question from Run DMC. Now, this next one is an interesting one, Yates. We have some people in the G chat that listen to the show and, and enjoy it and, and certainly enjoy your input. Question coming from both of these people asked, so I'm kind of combining them, from Gary and Stove. They're asking, in seven words, describe your physical appearance. We need to, to put a face with the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be exactly seven words? They they want you to keep it brief. It, it, you can go over seven words. I'll allow it. 
All right, let me see what I can come up with here. <laughs> it's so awkward. This is terribly awkward. Um, all right, here we go. I think this is seven words. I'll say <laughs> relatively tall and lanky <laughs> and tan with long hair. He does have – I've seen him, so I don't, I don't need the description, although the description was pretty – Spot on. Um, you wear glasses. You're, uh, I do wear glasses. You're, yes, you're you're white. I yeah, I am. Yes. Um, th- these are things that people don't know, Yates. You know, not that not that your physical appearance should change your hot takes. They. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there we go. Um, that was question two. I guess my here's a question that I'm curious about, Yates, and, and this is sports related. So don't don't feel you know we can't get any more awkward than we already were. But I mean, we probably could, but could, I, I'd rather we didn't. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to. If you want, <laughs> they want me to remind you that you've got a sweet voice. Thanks. So there you go. Um, if you were building a starting five with a combination of UK and U of L players, let's hear it. Uh, current team? Current teams. Current rosters. I'll go Terry Rozier. Whichever one of the Harrisons is the shooting guard, I can never remember. The Aaron, Aaron Harrison. Aaron, okay, Aaron Harrison. Uh, I'm not 100% sure at the three, so I'll say Montrez Harrell at the four, Carl uh, Anthony Towns at the five, and I don't know. Who, who plays the three for UK this year? Booker? Poitras, Booker. It wouldn't be Poitras. I don't like him at the three. Wow, he played the three last year for UK. And I don't think he played it all that well. Um, I think. Gosh, I I haven't seen enough of Booker play, so I I can't. Don't tell me you're going Blackshear. <laughs> no, I you know you're I, going I was Blackshear. I, I, no, I was I was inclined to maybe go Blackshear, but I actually I'll 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 throw this back to when we did our uh, our draft, the the wild card I threw in there. Although I don't necessarily think he'll be great this year, but I'll I'll do this just. To go back to that, I'll say Shaquan Aaron. Other than the fact that he hasn't been cleared yet, he's not—he's not even eligible. He will be. Good. That, uh, Yates, you're taking three Louisville players and two UK players on a combined team. You're right. I am. This was this was an Ask Yates Wednesday question, but you totally botched it. Now, now I need to wonder if we need to scrap the whole segment. Rob Blackhawk's not happy with you either. He wants you to know that you use eight words to describe yourself. Oh, my apologies. A disaster. Uh, we we got to end the show with that too. Uh, maybe we'll talk more about this combined UVL UK team, and I'll tell you the right lineup tomorrow. But thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back three o'clock Thursday, fourteen fifty. The Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. Kentucky home. Uh, they say welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan boy and show him how Kentucky do. Open-
Kentucky blue. They say don't forget to seven, don't be hitting two. Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of chrome. Lay back in the lap and take.